Michigan's Children proudly presents Speaking for Kids, the podcast where we explore crucial conversations impacting the lives of all Michigan children, youth, and families, especially the most vulnerable. Join us each month as we explore public policies and issues in the best interest of our kids and families. We'll bring you lawmakers and policymakers, advocates fighting for change, and the people most affected by those decisions. With our host, Matt Gillard, President and CEO of Michigan's Children, we'll invite you to become engaged too and show you how to take action on what matters most to you. Episodes are recorded live and shared virtually on YouTube and the audio hosting sites, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Welcome back. I'm Matt Gillard, and this is our third monthly episode of Speaking for Kids. This episode's being recorded on June 29th, 2021. With me today are two members of the Michigan State Legislature here to talk about the state's child care system and the changes underway to begin reforming and rebuilding it, starting with a once-in-a-generation investment of $1.4 billion. This is the money that Governor Granholm, or Governor Whitmer excuse me, has proposed to invest using dedicated federal relief funds that have been approved by Congress. We're going to hear where the legislature stands in pushing that plan, uh, also about some of the other reforms and policies that they're, they're, that they're discussing um, in efforts to, to reform our child care system. Please welcome then our guests, First State Representative Greg Van Workham, a Republican from Norton Shores, and Representative Ranji Puri, a Democrat from Canton. Let's get started. Welcome, gentlemen. Both of you are members of the Governor's Task Force on Child Care Access and also parents. So you're coming into this issue from both a professional and a personal perspective. First question, I will start with um, Representative Van Workum, and then we'll switch over to you, Representative Peary. But why don't you just give us a little background and maybe how you got uh, to the position you're at now where, you know, child care has kind of became uh, a priority item or something that you're really engaged in um, as part of your legislative work. Sure. Um, I started on child care as soon as I entered the legislature. So I'm in my second term. So um, one, as you mentioned, we've got three young kids. So we saw the impact it has on the family. Two, I would tour a lot of businesses in the district, particularly manufacturers. And they would always say um, the three biggest issues they were dealing with is uh, talent, um, transportation and childcare. Um, so it kind of just kept on ringing in my head that childcare is an issue that families are dealing with, that employers are dealing with. And then I also served on the board of United Way. And again, it just became an issue time and time again as discussions were we were having on the affordability. So Saw it personally, saw it professionally, and I also saw when I came to the legislature that not many people were working on this issue. Um, not many people were campaigning on this issue. And you could tell that was an issue that was really impacting constituents and the employers. So went to work on it. Uh, my first foray was in the, uh, the TriShare program that we brought out last year. Um, now we're kind of in a whole different element where everyone's talking about this issue. We were talking about when we were at full employment. Now we're uh, really struggling with employment and uh, coming out of a pandemic. And all of a sudden there's 
uh, as you mentioned, $1.4 billion to spend specifically on this issue. So it went from something that only a few of us were, were talking about and trying to solve and has gone into uh, a primary focus for uh, the legislature and the executive. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. How about you, Representative Perry? How about how did you uh, kind of come to see child care as a as a critical issue for your legislative work? Yeah, well, you know, thanks thanks for having me here and uh, just kind of building off of what uh, Rep. Van Workum was saying there. Um, you know, I, as I started my campaign, I, it became increasingly clear early on that this was an issue that uh, that many families were dealing with. Um, I have two small boys myself, both in childcare age, um, and so yeah, personally affected and kind of understand just the just how hard this is for for Michigan families. And you know, as Rep. Van Workum mentioned, this was an issue that uh, unfortunately existed pre-pandemic, um, and it was one of those issues that during the pandemic was only exasperated, uh, and we just saw the effect that it was going to have on families. We saw you know hundreds of thousands of of women leave the workforce, primarily citing childcare as a reason. Um, that, that they couldn't return to work. Um, and so obviously it affects entire families. Um, and, uh, you know, there's no recovery um, in Michigan here. There's no economic recovery here in Michigan without solving the albatross that is that is childcare. And so um, I'm extremely happy that of the work the task force is putting together. Um, not all task forces are created equal. Um, and so this is one that is actually uh, working and meeting and, and putting the work in and, and getting um, stakeholder uh, buy-in. And so I, I look forward to seeing what we can accomplish. No, yeah, I think you're both absolutely right. Uh, you know, at Michigan's Children, we work on a lot of different uh, issues uh, related to children and families. But child care, you know, we keep telling everybody is really in a unique position. Um, it was, you know, really becoming a priority pre-pandemic. We saw, in fact, you know, under the Trump administration, um, the last budget that was passed with, uh, with, with, with Congress and the Trump administration saw significant increases in federal child care funding pre-pandemic, you know, and then the pandemic came and, and everything got flipped upside down and, and child care for essential workers became a real hot issue, remember, early on in the pandemic. Um, and that just brought more attention to it. And now we're emerging from the pandemic with still obviously child care, a big priority at the federal level. Uh, and we're seeing it at the state level, too. And I think that's uh, that's kudos to you guys. But I think that sets us on a great path moving forward that we can really, um, you know, build it back better is a phrase that's used a lot uh, within the child advocacy world. When we're, And I think it's a particularly pertinent to child care uh, because there were a lot of challenges with the child care system, even pre-pandemic. Um, and I think we have a real opportunity to look at it kind of holistically and build a build a better system here moving out of the pandemic um, that benefits everybody. So let's talk a little bit about that. Who are really engaged in the political process and what's happening in Lansing. Um, I think we're encouraged for the most part to see, uh, you know, at least on the House side, some movement this past week. Uh, with some budgets and some, you know, discussions certainly obviously happening with the administration um, and, and that process to start rolling. That said, it's challenging from an advocate's perspective to get too excited about a an FY22 budget that essentially is status quo on child care when we know that there's increased state funds, that there's all these increased federal funds. And I understand the particulars and, and, and maybe the inside politics about why the uh, why the you know the relief money was not included in this or or done at the same time but what would you say to constituents maybe who are concerned when they see something like that come out that's an fy22 budget proposal that essentially has flat funding 
um, for childcare are smaller increases than maybe a lot of people were expecting. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't know if there's a, a good answer um, other than this is kind of how the sausage making is being made, right? Um, you know, there are dynamics here that uh, are in play. Um, and I think for probably both sides, we want to see this, this get done, um, particularly on the child care for us, but uh, also on the education side. There's a lot of good ideas, good concepts, good programs. Um, and this is why you want to go through that standard budget process to um, prioritize the ones that are working, prioritize some of the pilots that we're working on, uh, when you kind of do it a baseline, you don't really have the opportunity to maybe cull some of the ones that weren't succeeding and uh, boost some of the ones that you saw progress. So, um, you know, but we also know that uh, we want to get it done and members want to get it done um, and, and move us forward. So uh, unfortunately, you know, it's, it's some of that sausage making that people don't like, but it's also a process that you have at home and you have a business and you see it out playing in, uh, in Lansing as well. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that representative Perry? Yeah, no, I, 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 I think that that is all very true. And, um, you know, unfortunately this process isn't perfect. Um, but I think, you know, one thing here, uh, that we were able to kind of demonstrate through this work group and, and through this first bill package is that childcare affects uh, all Michigan families. You know, Michigan has a rich diversity of, of cultures and geographic um, demographics and, and childcare unfortunately affects everyone uh, equally and doesn't discriminate. And so there is wide bipartisan support to, to help childcare. The process unfortunately is, is not perfect and doesn't happen overnight. Um, but I think, you know, we are able to establish that there is a, a dire need um, for more attention here. And so, you know, if we, if we didn't get it up to where we want this budget, um, that it's something that we're absolutely going to be able to pay attention to and, and be, become a focal point for future budgets. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, in the interest of full disclosure, I, uh, I served in, Greg knows this, I served in the legislature way back when and actually chaired the school aid and, and Department of Ed budgets and the approves at one time. And so so I can ask these more challenging questions, even though I know that, that, uh, that, that uh, I, and, and I'll be honest, I feel very confident, maybe is the right word, moving forward, that I think we have the right people involved in the, in the energy and momentum behind this issue, that we're going to get to a place that that everyone's going to like and be supportive of. It's just going to be some of these uh, difficult to explain, maybe uh, twists and turns as the process unfolds. And so uh, uh, it'll be interesting. And it's kind of ironic from a child advocate standpoint. You know, we went through eight years of the, the Snyder administration with with Republican legislatures as well, where, I mean, they were efficient and it was, you know, the budget was done and there was, but there was no pandemic. There was none of these other things. And, and we didn't like that as the advocates, you know, we felt there wasn't enough opportunity for us to engage and that we weren't, you know, they were rushing this dude through too quickly and, and everything else. And now, and now then obviously everything gets turned upside down and now we don't like this either. And so I think there's, you can point the finger back a little bit at the advocates too, or complaining out of both sides uh, <laughs> on how this plays out. But, but I do feel good about where we're at with childcare. You know, I think as you both alluded to in your, and your first answers, uh, you know, the business community is really engaged on this issue. We're seeing strong bipartisan support at the federal level um, for child care. And I think that's that's 
we're seeing that same thing at the state level. And so I think we're on the right track. Um, and I think it's not just investments. I mean, I think the investments are hard are, and, are, and are critical. Um, and I think we need to get to the point where we're also talking about increased state investments and not just, you know, the increased federal money that's coming in. Um, but I know that there's some policy reforms that you guys are involved in as well and interested in. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about those maybe? I'll let you start this time. <laughs> All right, we'll take it. Um, yeah, I'm excited uh, about our first package here. Um, obviously, you know, a bipartisan um, package here uh, doesn't address every issue in full disclosure. You know, we can't fix the world's problems, unfortunately, with a couple of bills, but it's absolutely a step in the right direction. My, um, my bill in particular um, helps uh, serve child care, care deserts. And so, as I mentioned earlier, uh, and one, one of my answers is Michigan has just a, a, a very um, vast diversity geographically. And so no childcare solution looks the same. Um, you know, uh, up north, you see a lot of more home-based centers. Um, down in my neck of the woods, there's a lot of childcare center-based centers um, or, or providers. And so, uh, but unfortunately, there are just deserts that exist across the state where demand far outpaces supply. Um, and so what my bill does is it takes some of this federal grant money and some, and some state appropriations um, to help ease the burden for, for providers to open um, in, in these areas. And so, um, you know, we, we look forward to kind of making the regulatory environment a little bit more seamless um, and, uh, and to provide financial incentives and support for high quality providers uh, to come provide that much needed relief for, for working families. Yeah, I'll piggyback a little bit on that. We did do a introduced uh, package um, that really, I think, is trying to help with the, the providers. I think it was really provider-driven saying, these are some of the issues that, that we are seeing and need help and support of. Um, I think one of the bigger ones is uh, the ratios and helping with that. Um, but as Matt has heard me say before, I don't think there's enough money. There's not gonna be enough government taxpayer money uh, to solve this issue. We've got some structural issues that uh, we need to work on to, to create a strong child care uh, provider uh, basis here in the state. Um, that's why I kind of worked on, on that, the TriShare program of bringing in employers, the family, uh, and the state uh, to help support uh, these, these kids. Um, but uh, we're excited that uh, this package has the support of the governor and bipartisan in the house. And we think it's gonna make a lot of progress to alleviate some of the issues that we were hearing from, from the provider side. And then um, as Matt knows, uh, there's certainly more issues and some bigger issues uh, that we can take a look at that may require a little bit more time, a little more heavy lifting, a little bit uh, more shoulder to the grindstone, uh, if you will, but uh, something that is uh, important for the industry. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, no, and I think, you know, it is a combination of, of policy and uh, appropriations that are needed to, to change the system and to get to where we want to go. Let's dig in a little deeper on the TriShare, because that's something, you know, that you led on, Representative Van Workham, but we've been involved is, as well at Michigan's Children, and, and you know, we're starting to see uh, it, it come together in a, in a crazy world, right? That, uh, but why don't we talk a little bit about where we're at, how that started, where we're at with it, and maybe where we can see it going. 
Uh, started kind of as a, a concept. Uh, we had another group uh, that was meeting about child care for um, uh, last term, um, which you were involved with. And it's just kind of a concept maybe I had in my head and wrote uh, down uh, at my desk one day um, of how do we integrate employers into this process? This is um, driven by many times the employers just needing um, employees to come and work. And it was a, a barrier and talking with employers, they wanted something. They want, they were willing to be a part of this. They just didn't know how, because it's not their expertise. A lot of employers tried uh, having their own child cares on site, but you know, when they dealt with all the regulations and everything else, um, it just wasn't within their their uh, purview of, of how to do that. So we wanted to find a way to get people that did know how to do it and integrate them in it. Um, but I also think it's important that families have some skin in the game. Uh, so it's a tri-share between personal, uh, private, and public dollars uh, to help support kids uh, and, and families and get them uh, in, in childcare facilities. So uh, there's a lot more to it, but it was really just trying to come up with a, a different concept out there um, to get uh, some other dollars other than state dollars and personal dollars uh, to make childcare affordable. And what's been the response from the business community? We've laid out, has it been... Uh... Remind me where we're at. Are there three three regions that we're trying to run this in? And, and what's been the response yeah. to the business community? So we've got uh, one in Muskegon County, another one in the Saginaw Bay area, and then one uh, northern, northwest Michigan. Um, it, they, the three have been chosen. Again, these are three pilots, and they're all slightly different. And I think that's right. To represent Peary's point, uh, care looks different in Northwest Michigan than it does in Canton, Michigan, which looks more different than Holland and Muskegon. Um, so we wanted them to have some flexibility in how to do these. So they've been selected. I believe they're signing people up right now, the employers and the families. And uh, so far we've heard good feedback, a lot of excitement, and we want to see how, how these work and gets to gets to your point earlier about appropriations and baseline appropriations. If this is something that uh, is going well, that's uh, one that may want to feed some extra public dollars to, um, to, to try some more pilots out there and see if we're onto something. Yeah, no, I agree. What, uh, what a representative period, what about over on your side? You know, you guys are, we got kind of both sides of the, at least lower Michigan here represented. What are you hearing from uh, from employers or, or businesses in, in Western Wayne County um, about childcare and, and the issues that they're having attracting employees? Yeah, I mean, I think the issues here are just systemic to what's happening in, 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 in broader Michigan. Um, it just, it, it, it costs too much here. Um, you know, I, I think uh, the example I've been citing is my own. You know, we have two Two children in, in child care and it costs us over $25,000 a year. Um, and so that is just a, uh, an expense that's not sustainable. And so, you know, I think unique programs like this TriShare model or other public-private partnerships are, are just a, a very creative way of trying to ease the burden um, for all the stakeholders here. But um, we have a shortage of employees 
here. Um, and, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, childcare is a, is a reason that a lot of people are citing they can't return to work. I, I had a story here um, where I met with a constituent a couple of weeks ago, um, a woman named Kathy, and she is dying to go back to work um, and hasn't been able to work uh, for, for months now. Um, she has three small children in the need of childcare. Um, and so, you know, she's looking for employment um, and, and is willing to work for $15 an hour. But the problem is, is that the cheapest child care she can find is $16 an hour for three kids. Um, and so it, it, it makes no sense for her to go back to work. And so, um, again, every situation is unique, um, but um, there are a, a good number of people who just need to find um, quality and affordable childcare solutions to get back to work. There's yeah, a well-educated, right. talented workforce sitting on the sidelines right now. It's because of the affordability of child care. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And we talk about it as advocates all the time. Every family does the child care math, right? It doesn't matter where you are on the economic spectrum. Because every family does the child care math, right? Um, it doesn't matter where you are on the on the economic spectrum. Every family does the child care math. This is not a lower income issue. It's not an upper income issue. It's an everybody everybody issue. Um, and so th that's something that uh, makes this issue, I think, unique as well. Uh, and something that we often talk about as advocates uh, is, and you know, we talk a lot about affordability, but I think the other thing we have to remember is that quality is important. I mean, if, if people can find cheap childcare, they're not going to put their child somewhere that they don't think is safe and of high quality and go back to work. So it's not just affordability, that quality piece is, is important. I mean, we could, we could fix things to make childcare real cheap probably pretty quickly, but we'd find that people still wouldn't use it. It's not going to solve the problems um, on the economic side if we're, if we're, you know, doing low quality, if we're providing low quality opportunities for parents because they're not going to, no parent's going to put their child in a place that they don't think they're safe and that isn't enriching for them. And so, uh, and, and, I mean, the good thing about child care is that we know what needs to happen. You know, there's a lot of research, a lot of evidence out there on what makes quality programs. Um, and there's a lot of examples from other states and other countries uh, on, you know, systems and supports that work to create a better child care system. So we're not, uh, the solutions aren't uh, unknown. It's, I think it's a political issue as much as anything, and one that I think we're on the track to solving. And so I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, let's talk a little bit about maybe where we go from here. So I know, you know, uh, that from the budget standpoint, the ball's probably in the Senate's court a little bit right now. But how do you both kind of see this playing out over the summer as we head to an October 1 deadline with supplementals containing the relief funds passing or getting incorporated into the budget? How do you think this may play out as we move forward? As you know, there's certain deadlines <laughs> that you need to achieve. Um, right now, the one we're, we're working on is the July 1st which happened to be my bill uh, two years ago, was that the uh, legislature needed to send uh, the, the governor a budget by July 1st. So that's the one we're bumping into right now. And then you've got another deadline, uh, October 1st, when the, the, the state, some of these dollars from the feds have, have certain timelines to be spent within three years. So unfortunately, a tactic as old as time in negotiation. Some of it is just deadline driven. Um, you know, whether it comes out in tranches of certain dollars at certain times, how play it, 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 this, 
you're just going to see a lot of negotiations, I think, um, over, over, uh, a couple of years now with, with, um, these dollars from the feds. Uh, when you look at, you know, sometimes we just throw out these numbers and there's really no context or relevancy to them, but, uh, a $1.4 billion just in childcare when typically we would get about 200 million um, from, from the feds uh, per year. That's uh, a significant amount of money to put into a system right away. Um, similar with things like transportation. And when you have kind of that, that glut, you know, think of a, maybe a snake eating, <laughs> you know, uh, a large mammal or something like that, just kind of going through the system. Um, it has different impacts that as policymakers, we need to, we need to consider um, whether it's inflationary, whether um, what's on the other side, will these programs have the support long-term? So you kind of have to, as policymakers, that's why we got to come in and, and make those decisions uh, so that we're not creating some unintended consequences on the back end. So, um, again, a lot of it's going to be uh, deadline driven, but a lot of it we got to kind of take our time and think about what the intended and unintended consequences are going to be with with that amount of money. Yeah, no, I agree. What are, What are your thoughts, Representative Curry? Um, well, for, for starters, I think my five-year-old son's going to love the snake analogy. Um, so <laughs> good job with that. But, you know, as the rep mentioned, um, you know, we're, it is kind of a game of chicken here and a, and a battle of deadlines. It looks like we need to blame Rep Van Worken for some of these deadlines. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but um, you know, I think for our, our package, I believe they're actually coming up for hearing in, in August, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so, you know, these are, these are moving along, um, coming up for hearing in the Senate, that is. Oh no, no, in the house, in the house in, in, in August, I believe. Um, so these are these are moving along. Um, and obviously, you know, I, I can talk for everyone in the work group, but we're gonna advocate to get as much money and resources um, appropriated, you know, for in this round as, as possible. But um, I believe Rep Van Workham is on the appropriation side. I'm just a policy guy. Um, so I'll kind of just um, um, let him take the lead here, but, uh, but you know, we're gonna be advocating to get as much as we can. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and, and Greg, I hear you. And, and a lot of it is throughout sustainability, right? That's kind of the word when we talk about all these big federal investments now and then setting us up what's sustainable. And we and you've heard me make this argument. And I know we've made it to the governor as well. And and others, we look at the childcare side a little bit differently, because as I said, we were seeing increases in childcare funding even before the pandemic. Um, we're partnered and networked with a lot of similar organizations in other states and with national organizations that advocate for these things at the federal level. Um, and there's a strong push to, to build in as much of this on the childcare side into the ongoing support that we're going to see from the federal government. So, so uh, we think there's less of a risk of the sustainability um, cliff that, you know, you may see with the transportation dollars or other dollars that were part of uh um, the relief plans. We think that there's going to be, we know there's going to be a strong effort and an opportunity to continue, not at the same ultimate level, but at least continued increases in federal support for childcare. And so that leads us to, to optimism around this issue as well. Well, 
that said, I want to thank you both. I want to thank you both for the work that you're doing um, and keeping this issue front and center. And uh, thank you in advance for the work that you're going to continue to do. Uh, and we're going to keep harassing you about it. You know that. And so, uh, and I want to thank you, obviously, personally for, for taking the time this morning to join us on this podcast. Um, and we'll be in touch. And for all of you out there watching, thanks for tuning in. Uh, my name is Matt Gillard. I'm the president and CEO of Michigan's Children. This has been uh, Speaking for Kids podcast. And look for us again in about a month. Thanks, everybody. You've been listening to Speaking for Kids, the podcast for Michigan's children with host Matt Gillard. Thanks for joining us. To explore these and other issues relevant to our state's children, youth, and families, and to build your advocacy muscle, go to our website at www.michiganschildren.org. You'll find links and news about past and future podcast topics under our resource tab and action alerts under the Take Action tab. Find and like us on Facebook and Twitter. Terry Bannis and Stephen Wallace produced this podcast. Contact them with your questions and ideas for other topics. Michigan's Children is a nonprofit advocacy organization, an independent voice working to reduce disparities in child outcomes from cradle to career through policy change.